3: Now, here's the deal. I need you guys to give us a jingle, jangle, jingle at 651-641-1071. Two people, because we're playing a game, a new game, here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. I'm Bradley Trainer, by the way. Colleen will be back on Monday. I'm here with Holly. We're playing a game called Sean Penn or not Sean Penn. So, uh, give us a jingle. Two callers, 651-641-1071. Holly, while we're waiting for those callers to come in, tell us... What Sean Penn or not Sean Penn is.
2: Sean Penn or not Sean Penn is all based on Sean Penn's debut novel called Bob Honey Who Just Do Stuff. Sean Penn, you know, he's a he's a Renaissance man, he's an actor, a philanthropist, and now he's an author. Sad for Sean Penn, apparently his book sucks and it sucks big sucks royal and it's awful. So Sean Penn or not Sean Penn, what we're going to do in this game is we're going to read excerpts from Bob Honey Who Just Do Stuff. We're going to read
3: literally the title. That is
2: really Bob
3: <laughs> Honey Who Just Do Stuff. Yeah,
2: that's literally the title. So it, it is insane, it is horrible, but we're going to let you decide whether or not it's an actual excerpt from the book Bob Honey Who Just Do Stuff or if it's something written by our very own Rocco.
3: And Holly, while you're getting those callers on the line, 651-641-1071, do you have the audio of Sean Penn uh, speaking recently?
2: Yeah, so Sean Penn's been doing the late night rounds, and he stopped by Conan O'Brien. And he's aware that his book is being panned by critics. But quite frankly, Sean Penn doesn't care. And he here's what he has to say about his haters.
1: What I would say to anybody who's who's offended by this, because I took care to write a, a a book that starts on page one and and doesn't end till it ends, and if and if read fully and in context, what I would say is, I'm 57, my pool's heated. You can say anything you like.
3: <laughs> Literally, Sean Penn does not give a rat's patoot what you think of his book, and I'm telling you, you're gonna have thoughts. About his book. Holly and I, this whole game came because (laughs) Holly and I were sitting on the couch after the show yesterday and uh, dying over some of the the excerpts that we were reading that had been published online.
2: Well, now, can I read you some of the horrible reviews about this book? So The Guardian, the UK newspaper, uh, says that the book is repellent on one level, but stupid on so many others. The Washington Post urges Penn never to quit his day job. And the National Review says that Penn's book is the worst writing he's been acquainted with for a while.
3: Which probably is saying something. Right? Right. So okay, do we have somebody who's gonna play? And by the way, I think we've still got room. Six five one six four one one oh seven one if you wanna play Sean Penn or not Sean Penn. Who's on the line, Hal? Stephanie. Hi Steph. Yeah. Are you ready to play our game? I guess so. Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. Uh Holly's gonna read you two sentences. Right,
2: Holly? um, No, I'm just going to read you one sentence, Stephanie. And what you you have to do is decide whether or not this is an actual sentence from Sean Penn's new book or Mm. if this is something that we just made up. (laughs) Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to read you this sentence, Stephanie. Is this Sean Penn or not? Her gibboness-like phalanges reached for the brass buttons once incubated in the fertile mind of a striving Levi Strauss. And soon she drunk him in like a flagoon of freshly casked grog. Stephanie, is that Sean Penn or is that not? Those seem like a lot of big words. Does he know that? I would say no. Stephanie, you are correct. That was (laughs) not Sean Penn.
3: Good for you. You know what, Stephanie? Congrats and thank you. Uh, But I will tell you, Holly, uh, I would have been hard pressed to know. If that was Sean it. Penn or not. Yeah. Shall we uh, move along to our next caller? And I forgot to ask the young lady her name.
2: Well, Who, let's bring
3: her on. Who's playing? Benita. Benita, thank you so much for calling. It's time to play Sean Penn or not Sean
2: Penn. All right. All right. Please identify this next sentence Is this Sean Penn or is this not? Hence his life remains incessantly infused with her identity, infidelity, her abhorrent ascensions to those constant salacious sessions of sexual solitaire she'd seen as self-regard. Good lord. Um
1: not Sean Penn.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, that was Uh. Sean Penn. That was from page (laughs) eleven of his new book. I am sorry. Oh, thank you for playing do not pass go do not collect $200 right, can, can I play of course you because can play. because now Bradley. I've
3: been made somewhat familiar with uh, some of his writing but uh, I would have really had a hard time with both of these so throw one at me Holly for Sean Penn or not Sean Penn
2: Bradley trainer please tell me whether or not the following sentence is from Sean Penn's new book Bob honey who just do stuff or whether it's something that production guy Rocco cooked up here we go was he now to be considered a necromancer, trading didactics and narpets for the caress of steel? <laughs> Bradley Trainer. Oh my
3: God! How am I supposed to know? I'm going to say not Sean Penn.
2: You're oh, right. I got it! You're right, but I do <laughs>
3: love the use of the word ne- necromancer.
2: Yes, uh, production guy Rocco wrote that sentence, and he'd like you to know that all of those are from songs by the band Rush.
3: Oh, my God, that's hilarious. You guys, seriously? So, again, Holly and I were, and, and a lot of what we read yesterday cannot be uh, talked about live on the air mm-hmm. because it's, frankly, the most hilariously offensive stuff. That book is so over-the-top um, sexist and misogynistic, and I think intentionally so.
2: Well, he, like
3: it's just gross.
2: Here's what Sean Penn did, Bradley. Sean Penn, at one point in time, read Kurt Vonnegut, Hunter S. Thompson. Maybe he read A Confederacy of Dunces. So he read all of those novels and he decided one day, I'm a rich movie star who lives in Malibu and I have something to say. I'm going to put it on paper. And because I'm so rich and powerful, I'm going to get it published. And people are going to think that I'm really cool. And then when you don't understand it, it's your fault for not being intelligent enough to understand what I'm trying to say.
3: That was the conceit of the whole thing. It's clear that he, you know, he wrote something and. The way he knew instantly to deal with any criticism was, frankly, that people were just too dumb to understand how great he was.
2: Exactly. Which
3: you're like, oh, well, that's that's convenient for you. If you want to uh, enjoy that at, at your own leisure, you want to play the home game, all you got to do is Google excerpts from Sean Penn's book and, well, enjoy. Have fun. Okay, hey, when we come back, speaking of enjoying, we've got our good friend Paul McGuire Grimes. He's already in the studio, raring to go, to tell us all about what's in theaters this weekend, including but not limited to Ready Player One. Uh, We'll find out if uh, this is Steven Spielberg's best and uh, what else you might need to check out in theaters this weekend when we come back right here on My Talk 107. Do you need to stop what you're doing this weekend and add Ready Player One to your agenda we're about to find out welcome back to the colleen and bradley show here on my talk 1071 streaming live and doing everything entertainment at mytalk 1071.com i'm bradley trainer along with our good friend paul mcguire grimes hello thanks for being with us can you hear
0: me okay i can't but that's okay i can hear you in front of me okay, Good. Can you hear
3: it for that? yes all right good so, we have technical difficulties every <laughs> once in a while. It's Friday. That's okay. okay Hi, how's that? That Hey,
0: Paul. Long time no see. So, I know right. Paul
3: McGuire grinds from PaulStripToTheMovies.com and uh, so many other things, all things streaming, podcast, etc., etc., etc. Really, right now, the most important thing we need to know is whether or not Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg movie.
0: Do I need to go see
3: it this week? Yes, you
0: do. Because it is the movie that is fantastic in all, in all ways, but it's it's a movie that you go to the theater to see. It's the cinematic experience that Spielberg is so great at doing. Well, and he has been really critical
3: lately of traditional, yes. or I should say not traditional, of uh, streaming services getting included in uh, film awards categories. Well, I
0: think we're really seeing that kind of blurred line now on what is considered film versus what is considered television, and is it really just the size of your screen, or is it the platform? You know, and what says that an 18-part Twin Peaks is TV, not film, just because it's on Showtime versus Mudbound. So is that a Netflix movie or a TV movie? You know, like... There's a lot of different things like that you could look at.
3: So he really wants people to be in a theater and have that theatrical experience. You're saying this is sort of a love letter to that experience. Oh my,
0: When I saw it, I felt like it was a love letter from Steven Spielberg to his fans. So what people don't know is that it's based on this book by Ernest Klein. It's kind of a YA where it's about this virtual reality world. It's twi- it's futuristic, and the main guy um, who created this world, it's called the Oasis, has passed away. And he has said that anyone that goes into the Oasis and finds these three hidden keys that lead To this Easter egg, will inherit his fortune, inherit the oasis. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a Willy Wonka story and at the same time it's very david and goliath where you have this young kid uh wade who then is going up against the head of this evil organization that also wants to go and find this oh sure and throughout all of this it's a love letter to the 80s especially spielberg's movies and ernest klein was a big spielberg fan and i mean you see things from back to the future and king kong and dinosaurs and all this fantastic 80s movies that music it's How fast can you spot all the references, all the hidden Easter eggs in it?
3: Okay, so I have a question about the 80s references. Does it take place in the 80s or like where does the, what's the, the, it
0: takes place in 2045.
3: Oh, I guess but that makes sense if you're talking about like a virtual it's a futurist, reality world. Yeah. And it's yeah. a future
0: And so when you, when the, the kid is trying to figure out how to win this puzzle, he's looking back to when the Oasis was started, I think in yeah, the 80s to find all these clues that he could. And it's this great mix of live action of the real world and then virtual, you know, motion capture, because then they be take on these avatars when they're in the Oasis and then all the CGI and motion capture around it. It is this, just this mix of media. And it's seamless. It doesn't look like, you know, a cheap CGI movie.
2: And and so they set the stage, you know, referencing back, Steven Spielberg referencing back to his own material. Uh, if for you as a Steven Spielberg yes. fan, do you find this to be exciting? Because I would I, imagine lots of people... Are, want, young people are watching this maybe not being familiar with this catalog of work but you Paul McGuire Grimes you know all the movies you I, I, can't find all the easter eggs right
0: and I I loved all of that it's not it's not um, overly Spielberg I think he really worked hard on not putting too much of his own movies in it but just 80s cinema in general and even if you are not like I am not a gamer at all and I still felt that this movie was extremely accessible for a non-gamer like myself even though it's essentially all wrapped up in a virtual reality game
3: so Compared to say, Lawnmower Man, another movie with <laughs> oh, a wonderful yes. alternate
0: Pierce Brosnan, yeah. um, this is far better. Okay. Obviously, virtuosity
2: yes. with Denzel Washington right. and Russell Crowe. So many, Crow. so many precursors. Know, and it sounds
0: like a, right. It sounds like a simple premise, but I think what Spielberg does well is really b- brings home the like the points. So I, what I got out of it is the diversity factor. You know, how are we all joined together? for a common good regardless of age gender ethnicity ethnicity, because the main character doesn't know what everyone, all the other avatars look like until he meets them but he already knows them and is best friends with them and then this commentary on what are we all like right now when we're all buried in our phones and not actually interacting with the person next to you you know you go to a dinner and all the kids and the parents are just beep bop beep bop on their phone and not actually talking to each other and there's conversations in the movie about that very concept which I really appreciated
3: okay so in a Uh, ticket stub uh, I'm giving this four and a half
0: out of five I really loved it I'm looking forward to seeing it again there's just so much to take in is it 3D you can see it in 3D you can see it in 2D you can see it in 70mm at the Imagine Theaters in Willow Creek do you uh,
3: do you typically see previews in 3D or do
0: you it depends on what the studio wants us to see it when I was in LA for this junket they showed it to us in 2D so if you want to see my interviews with the cast you can go search for them on YouTube or on my website PaulStrippedTheMovies.com
3: Okay, so um, you really, really liked it, but there's another movie that's in theaters
0: that um, I'm very intrigued by. Yes. This is called Isle of Dogs, and it's the latest from Wes Anderson, and it's all stop-motion animation, and the premise behind this one is that, again, another kind of futuristic society. It takes place in Japan, and the kind of uh, corrupt mayor, if you will, has basically poisoned all the dogs, given them snout fever and dog flu, and banished them to a place called Trash Island, where they can barely get by and what happens when the mayor's distant nephew leaves Japan and goes and tries to rescue all the dogs? Oh. What did you think? I thought it was so inventive and creative. I mean, I'm a big Wes Anderson fan. So if you saw movies like The Fan
1: We took it all, we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Oh it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become?
2: Senua Saga. Hellblade 2.
1: Play it now with Game Pass.
2: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take
3: yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And... What do I even say other than, hey... <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Grand Budapest Hotel, movies like that. You definitely know Wes Anderson style, and it is very Wes Anderson.
3: Now, did you do you have any thoughts on, you know, there was some slight controversy around the, the uh, cultural appropriation aspect of... What some people thought
0: happened in this film, I that didn't necessarily bother me because for me this is such a just like silly, simple type movie. It's by no means realism, so I didn't take it as them like having more fantastical. More fantastical, I think a play on old Japanese movies from back in the day so it didn't bother me I can see where people are coming from sure. the thing to note about the part of that conversation too is that the Japanese dialogue in the movie is not subtitled so you don't really understand what they're saying oh, but the dogs are subtitled into English if you will so their barks are in English interesting mm-hmm. so for me I kind of took it as like the communication breakdown between you know owner and pet and you have people like Bill Murray and Jeff Goldblum voicing Scarlett Johansson voicing some of the dogs and and it, just to hear Jeff Goldblum do a dog voice is hysterical. Oh my God, that's awesome. All mm-hmm. right, so what did you think? I'm giving How it is- a three and a half out of five. It's 95 minutes. There's so much crammed into it that I, I actually want to see it again because like, the story just goes by so fast that you're like, ooh, I need to catch up with what's going on. And
2: do you think that kids will like this movie or this is for older kids and I adults say, who are really question. into Wes Anderson? Yeah,
0: great question. I would say older kids, teens, and adults. It isn't a light, fluffy movie, but there isn't anything... Overly like there's no nudity or over you know violence or anything. Or sure, sex, but young but kids
2: might not
3: be. They might
0: be a little bored. Yeah. They wouldn't quite get why it's cheekily funny, if you will. Sure. All right. Three well, you've five given five. us it's two reasons Uptown. to
3: jump into the theater. It's at the Uptown. Yes. Okay. So it's in limited
0: release. Here. Yes, but it will open wide because Wes Anderson movies always do. Okay.
3: Hey, Paul McGuire Grimes, you know, we've still got
0: mm, 30 seconds or so. No. What's coming up on your podcast? Great question. So Holly Roberts just joined me last night to record a new episode that's going to come out Monday. And she and Now Schwartz and I talk about The Godfather Part 2 now streaming on Netflix. And is it better than the first movie? We debate that very question. I've heard it is. But,
3: uh, I know people have opinions. Yeah. They'll have to listen to your podcast yes. and find out all Thanks, things streaming Holly. with pa- yeah, uh, Paul McGuire Grimes.
0: Are you going to be on Twin Cities Live? No, they are at the Home and Garden Show. So oh. watch them at the Home and Garden Show. All right, show. well,
3: head over to his website, Paul McGuire Grimes, Paul's, Paul's Trip, trip to, to the, the Movies, movies. Dot com. And when we come back, Crazy Stupid Idiots. That's not vanilla. Find out what that means when we come back right here. We are always chock full. Of dumb people doing dumb things here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Stream live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. And, uh, Halsey Dalsey, let's
0: do some crazy, stupid idiots. Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy, stupid idiot.
1: Yeah.
2: Colleen and Bradley present CSI.
0: stands for crazy stupid idiots
1: it sure does why
3: well because the world is full of crazy stupid idiots dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again oftentimes in the state of florida yeah wait till last minute okay so yes oftentimes in the state of florida but not always there are 49 other states
2: where are we going
3: today we're going to kick things off right in our own backyard a place called St. Paul.
2: St. Paul, Minnesota. That's where we Saint are Paul, right Minnesota. now. Who knew we had crazy, stupid idiots oh, right in God. our backyard?
3: I feel like I I don't have them in my neighborhood mostly, uh, at least not directly next to me, but some people do, and especially this one woman in St. Paul. I want to tell you about two ladies, actually, in St. Paul. One is uh, the good neighbor, and the other one is, well, let me tell you about her. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are two offenses that this one lady says um, her neighbor is guilty of.
2: Yes. What are one they?
3: having diseased trees in her yard? Well,
2: that's a bummer.
3: And two, interacting socially with people of another race. Um. Okay. What? Can we talk? What? So that's the one neighbor's position is that her neighbor has diseased trees. And friends of another race. That is her complaint against her neighbor. Okay? Okay. Now, in response to that, here are the things that that neighbor, who, by the way, is named Roberta Madison, has allegedly committed in response to those offenses of said neighbor. Tell me. Cussing out her neighbors and friends. Oh! Throwing things into her yard, including, but not limited to, pine cones, a bucket, glass, uh... Making fake uh, calls to the fire department on the neighbor's beh- behalf, pretending to be the homeowner, calling a service to remove the trees in their yard and sticking them with the bill, what? deliberately setting what? off, car- wait, just wait, <laughs> deliberately setting off her car alarm to disrupt social gatherings.
0: Oh my God. Reporting
3: her to the cops for suspicious guests, accusing her of running a brothel. She's what? Yelling racial slurs at her guests. No. Mooning her house three times.
2: Mooning the neighbor's house.
3: And wait for it. Putting a (laughs) on the fence that separates their yards. Excuse me? Putting a schmildo on the fence that separates their yards. Rhymes with Schmeldo
2: Stop it. Yes, yeah, so these are all Stop the things it.
3: that this woman, Roberta Madison, 63, is now facing criminal charges for. Seven criminal counts for this harassment of her neighbors. And uh, apparently, like I said, the, the main reason was uh, this diseased tree situation. Can and that, you
2: imagine? No, actually I can't. And how horrible would that be? Meet all calling the cops, a brothel, a schmildo sitting on your like, what, like, and
3: mooning, like the and 63 who, year old lady next door, like, ah, hey, look at this. Like I, we've all, I think had bad experiences with humanity before, yes. maybe on a, a neighborhood level. Um, I feel like I've been very, very. I've had
2: I've had inconsiderate neighbors, but inconsiderate neighbors being that they made smelly food next door. Yeah, it wasn't anything that was really offensive. I didn't like it, but I was going to let them do what they wanted to do because uh, we're friendly neighbors. Exactly, and you let it slide. Exactly, you don't put a schmildo. Passive. I mean, isn't what that is isn't the that the most that? passive aggressive thing to do? <laughs> yeah,
3: well, I, I mean, she was very passive aggressive, also very aggressive. The whole like you have friends over for a barbecue, she sets off the car alarm and starts calling everyone racial slurs. I At mean, least she
2: didn't fling it over the fence during her barbecue, and the then it just, yeah, yeah. just landed on the grill. Thump, thump.
3: <laughs> now, luckily for the uh, other neighbor, the one with the diseased trees and uh, friends of a different race. Um, that individual uh, has a lot of this on videotape uh, or on, you know, uh, surveillance video.
2: So there's some evidence involved.
3: Yeah. And the City Pages did a whole piece on this. The original article was in the Star Tribune. If you want to keep abreast or read further. Um, But it sounds like this woman was also uh, apparently... Uh, On her record, she has another offense from 2010, where she pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct for, oh, look, harassing and stalking a neighbor, which at that time included charging at the neighbor with a rake and throwing feces at her house.
2: (laughs) No. So obviously, Ms. Madison has some emotional issues that she's working through. Yes. Don't live next door to her. Things are going to get thrown your way. And you won't like them. Indeed. Well, I'm glad that she's being charged criminally. Can we move away from our yokel or local yokel to uh, Kansas City? We're going to Kansas City. Here we go. Yes, Kansas Joanne. City. Bradley, you like to cook breakfast sometime, I imagine.
3: Oh, for sure. It's
2: great. Maybe you make some eggs, some French toast, maybe you uh cook some waffles. Well, that may have what uh been what was on the breakfast menu uh on Tuesday morning. For a particular family in Kansas City, there was a mom. We don't have the name of the mom, but we do have a mom and three children okay. that we're considering in this crazy, stupid idiot story. Okay, That mom was making breakfast on Tuesday morning. and she as you used, do. As you do. And she used vanilla extract to make French toast. Mm. Give it a little zest. Give it a little... Yeah, no,
3: it's nice to do a little vanilla in there.
2: Yeah. And so, mom, what mom did, she reached for the vanilla extract bottle. And instead of vanilla inside... There was PCP.
3: Uh, what?
2: She put the, the PC- drug. Yeah, the drug, and she put that PCP onto the French toast. Then the children proceeded to eat the French toast, laced with PCP from
1: mom. Oh, that's
3: dangerous.
2: Yeah, it's very dangerous. I would imagine,
3: uh, especially with kids, that could be horrible.
2: Yeah, well, the mom also ingested the French toast with PCP. And as a result, mom and all three kids are in the hospital. They're in stable condition, mind you. But PCP is fatal in large doses. One of the kids is 16 years old. The other is two and the other is under the age of one. Mom had no idea that there was PCP in the vanilla extract bottle. Yeah. how did bottle? the PCP
3: get in the bottle?
2: Well, mom says that a family member's ex-boyfriend who used to live in the house was a drug user and may have put the PCP in the vanilla bottle. Oh my and according to authorities, that's a common place where the drug is put because of the dark bottle. Like, apparently it's sensitive to light. And you know when you have vanilla extract, it's in a dark yeah, bottle. Yeah. So that was the reasoning behind Interesting. it. Interesting. But mom.
3: Well, I think mom's going to have to go back to the spice cabinet and uh, get rid of pretty much everything.
2: Yeah, it's time to clear house. Now, Can authorities are trying to figure out whether or not Everybody was
3: okay? I yeah,
2: hope. yeah, everyone's in stable condition, but authorities are are still investigating whether or not mom knew about the vanilla extract, but I'm guessing because she also was in the hospital that she had no idea. But still, the fact that you had these paraphernalia lying around your house—it's no, not it's vanilla. So it's not vanilla. Oh, Stupid God. ex-boyfriend. I mean, it's person one thing to like house put-
3: knowingly put drugs in your food. Right. It's another thing to like be. Bl- that's always my fear: is I'm going to somehow like end up. Like tripping and not knowing it. Yeah. Because I feel like you'd think you
2: were going crazy or something. Right. The real crazy stupid idiot in that story is the ex-boyfriend who used to live in the house who decided it was a good idea to keep his drugs in the kitchen next to all the spices. Surely he thought, well, nobody's going to find out Nobody will know.
3: Wait a minute. Nobody ever. Somebody might use this, but who knows?
2: All right. Well, be careful, kids. Be careful. All right.
3: Hey, Crazy Stupid Idiots, welcome back. If you're just joining us here hey. on the Colleen and Bradley Show, we're talking about dumb people do and they get, do dumb things. Do
2: we get to go to Florida?
3: Um, Actually, no. We're going to hi to the O.
2: Oh, hi,
3: More like, oh, hi, no. Mm. I need to tell you about another woman of a certain age, a 54-year-old woman, uh, and her name is LaDonna Hewitt.
2: Hi, LaDonna.
3: Hi, LaDonna. So, LaDonna... <laughs> Spent Saturday afternoon at a carousel park in Richland, Ohio. A carousel
2: park like a merry-go-round?
3: I guess so. I don't know what a carousel park is. Anyway, uh, this particular city is between Columbus and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Now, she'd apparently started the day early. LaDonna did, the party that is. And um, got lit. Had a few cocktails.
2: That's hey, It's Saturday.
3: And she decided, I think I need to go celebrate easter a little early
2: yeah
3: and they had uh there's an easter bunny and she wanted to get her picture taken with the easter bunny
2: well naturally that's fun bradley then you can make copies and give it to your friends and loved ones
3: so after jumping uh on and off the carousel she went to go see the easter bunny for the holiday and take a picture and uh that's when the trouble began oh no She apparently started uh, humping the Easter Bunny.
2: Oh, LaDonna. (laughs) Get a room, LaDonna.
3: And grabbing his crotch.
2: Oh, LaDonna.
3: And uh, taking uh, liberties, let's say, with the Easter Bunny Um. in front of the children. (laughs) And she (laughs) she said some pretty inappropriate things. She, quote, allegedly made lewd comments to the bunny. They do not give further inappropriate words, unfortunately, that were whispered into the bunny's giant ears. Um, but they do show video of her perched on the Easter bunny's lap with her right hand on his... Uh, Carrot? <laughs> basket.
2: mm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: a female onlooker can be heard saying
2: oh my this is a kids event stop it lady oh won't somebody please think of the children now that's really awkward what would you do as a parent you have small children and in comes drunk LaDonna getting the third base I would turn with the my children bunny.
3: around so they couldn't see and then I would be filming it for the purposes of <laughs> posting on social media later thank you or I would use this as a learning opportunity for my children to say stay in school otherwise you're going to end up like that lady grabbing the Easter Bunny's basket in front of God and everybody now I should le- just let you know that when officers confronted her she displayed various signs of intoxication oh, including really? but not limited to slurred speech mm. bloodshot eyes and a generally wobbly demeanor
2: LaDonna. Oh, I'm looking at her mugshot right now. LaDonna was just looking for a good time.
3: She was apparently convicted last year of aggravated assault. So LaDonna gets around.
2: She gets around. Hi. I'm LaDonna.
3: Hey, Strabani. Can I see what's in your basket? Okay, there we go.
2: All right, well, hopefully that won't be happening anywhere where you're seeing the Easter Bunny this weekend.
3: All right, speaking of the Easter Bunny, we put the Easter Bunny up against somebody else. Uh, I don't know, the uh, Devil Bunny? No, okay, so we our Daily Snap Judgment, that's a question we ask you on our Facebook page each and every day. We read through your answers and we come back. What was the question we asked our listeners to answer today?
2: It's a really important question. The question we asked today is candy, Easter, or Halloween?
3: Easter or Halloween candy? We'll be right back. Candy is uh, better. Halloween or Easter? That is our Daily Snap Judgment here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. That's the last question of the day that we're going to ask you. Before we turn things over to Lori and Julia, I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen will be back on Monday. Thank you, Holly, for uh, doing extra duty today, pulling a heavy weight around with you. Named oh. Bradley Trainer, mm-hmm. And uh, should we get over to our Facebook page and see what people answered?
2: Yes. To our daily snap judgment. Our daily snap judgment today was candy, Easter, or Halloween. A very important question to ask. Is as Easter is this Sunday? So what do people say?
3: Okay, well, uh, you want me to read some? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, uh, how about this? East, uh, Kim says Easter because peeps love those mystery flavors.
2: Mystery flavors?
3: mystery flavors they I don't, I don't know about mystery flavors presumably they've had a mystery peep or something you eat it and you're like I- i don't know i'm tutti fruity okay but um uh, scott said easter because ham,
2: but, ham. That, but that's not a candy oh yeah that is not but he scott. did answer scott answered i don't have the ham button on me right now ham I'm saying, ham. 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 ham
3: ham ham sherry Shepard. okay annie said easter the marshmallow cookie or marshmallow chocolate covered eggs are the beast Lots of uh, Easter, but then all of a sudden, Peggy, Jason, D. Junia, Chantel, Tana, Tana, Sherry, Sharon, uh, et cetera, et cetera, said Halloween. Nobody gave like reasons, though. I think people got real lazy uh, at the end of this question. I think
2: people just wanted to use the Halloween emojis. It's been about a half a year since we've been able to do that.
3: Stephanie said all uh Halloween all them easter pastel wrappers make me nauseous. Wow.
2: Peggy said that Halloween was more choices.
3: I mean, but isn't Halloween really just like hey, throw a orange wrapper on it?
2: Yeah. Like it, throw a ghost on it. Here, Dracula. Do you remember
3: because this Well, first of all, let's welcome our guest. Oh,
2: yeah. Give it up for Donnie. Hello, Donnie. Hi, Donnie. How you doing,
3: Donnie?
2: Donnie's pretty good. I'm trying to have a conversation with you, Donnie. You interrogate Donnie. <laughs> Who is Donnie?
1: Hey. i like thank Holly for her enthusiasm there. Let's welcome our guest. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, well. Happy <laughs>
2: Friday, Donnie. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: you know. Right back at you, honey. I think you guys have a special
3: relationship. We but, do. Uh, yes. Anyway, so... Um, uh, to our question, candy, mm. Halloween or Easter? What did say you, Don E? Uh, <laughs> I have Friday mouth. I've lost. I've lost my words.
1: A candy branch, "Uh, brr, I'm gonna go with Halloween."
3: And Porquet, you say the Halloween? I'm
1: gonna agree with what I just heard a matter of seconds ago. The uh, there's a more of a variety a of variety.
3: Candy. Well, okay. Here's my comment on that. I feel like there was a time when. Uh, candy at Halloween was a very special thing. Like, you had special Halloween candies.
2: You had lots of fun size candies. And also, and then, like, bottle caps, which are disgusting. And by then the everybody way.
3: started doing, like, oh, I'm going to do Cheez Its for Halloween. Like, I'm going to have. Uh, what? You or know, like, or you're going to be like, like Colleen Lindstrom like and I'm going to throw oh, a yes, toothbrush even, in your oh, bag. Like, here's, really do uh, here's oh, oh. your eraser.
1: <sighs> Happy Halloween. Oh, sh-
2: that's
3: why she hasn't gotten egged. But now, like, everybody wants <laughs> to sell more product at Halloween, so they put it in a dumb uh, small bag that you can allegedly give to children. Mm. And uh, I just feel like that's a shame. I feel like that holiday candy should be something, you, you know, for example, with Easter, I think the cool thing about Easter candy, which is why I'm going to say Easter, because Easter candy, you know, you've got the Cadbury cream egg. You only get that once a year.
2: Yeah, right? there isn't really seasonal Halloween now, candy. Now, I was going
3: to make the same argument with Peeps, but you can't anymore because now uh, they do Peeps uh, all year long Peeps. for oh, different oh. holidays. Hey,
2: oh.
1: sorry. look, oh. I like Peeps. Oh. Yeah.
3: Oh. I like marshmallow. Still,
1: though, it's, it, it's a limited choice at, at Easter as far as what you can get. But that's good. No, I prefer Variety is the Spice of Life. I don't know.
2: <laughs>
3: Holly, what <laughs> say you? Know.
2: I'm saying Easter for the same reason that you said it, Bradley. You can't get the hollow, sad Easter bunnies at any other time of year. Yeah, they are not the
3: hollow devils for
2: Halloween. Yeah, exactly. And so the Easter bunnies and the Cadbury cream egg, they're truly seasonal items. Yeah. And I appreciate that about Easter candy.
3: (sighs) Me too. So, Mm -hmm. um, Donnie, it is Friday. Is it? I think so. I hope. Oh, dear God. (laughs) It's a test. Um, It it is Friday. And is there anything special coming up on the Lori and Julia experience? Any
2: guests joining you? Uh, There are no
1: guests. Uh, We've been guestless all week, as a matter of fact. It doesn't happen very often, but it's just one of those things. Uh, Let's see. We've got a lot of, actually, a lot of music to talk about. It's a music heavy day. We've got some Lady Gaga covering Elton John. We've got a new song from Cardi B. We have a new song from The Weeknd. So it's, you know, kind of a good way do to you get guys,
2: you.
3: you... You taste those different songs? We do. We give you a little, you know, a little smattering of the song. Interesting. And, uh, you know. When does this podcast uh, between the two of you come out? Well, it's... We've already done two episodes. So there... Does it come out weekly? Does uh, it come out... I would be... Is it bi-weekly? Homie?
2: I think a bi-weekly experience. Bi-weekly. So what oh, you speak of, Bradley, of you. is yeah. Donnie and I's podcast, Stories from Top 40...
1: Yeah, it's by every two weeks.
2: Here's the fun thing. In the latest episode, if you want to go into the Wayback Machine, we are playing Mm. vintage Donnie Love from 1968. There is audio of Donnie Love making fun of Richard Nixon in his bedroom (laughs) with his friend from the Bronx. Uh, So we're throwing it uh, way uh, back. It's
1: it's pretty special. How old were you in the 60s? Uh, I was when we made this tape, I was 15 and he was he was 14.
3: I used to do that with my uh, cousin and friends. Like, we would tape record dumb things. Did you is ever, that what you're... Is did that you, what,
2: yeah, did you make movies, too?
3: We didn't make movies. No, we weren't fancy. We didn't have a v, uh, movie camera. No, uh, we no just... Movies. We had a cassette tape and, like, a microphone that had a cord, you know? So, like, you had to, like... Trundle it around, and we make <laughs> fart noises. Fart noises mostly. Like that. Oh, that's
2: great! Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and look where you are today. I yeah, know. I know. Wow, <laughs> Funny how that works out. So you too can be
3: good at basically nothing, but you know, come up with uh, fart jokes, so and we'll put on, you on the radio.
1: On the the second podcast, it's called February nineteen sixty four: the beginning of a career oh I
3: like that it's so theatrical it
1: is it's very theatrical
3: where do so. I get these podcasts you speak of
1: well you can get them at uh, my talk 1071 1 or uh, where else Holly the my talk podcast app one podcast 1 podcast 1 or wherever you find your apps your app your, yes your podcast
3: alright well uh, <laughs> get yourself some apps this weekend of uh, many varieties and we'll be back on Monday have a great weekend Easter. up next Lori and Julia and a happy Easter
1: and Passover as well if You so celebrate.